All right, I'll do an introduction and then we will jump right in. Okay. It is a real honor to welcome our guest today. He is the J.D. Trimble Professor of Systematic Theology and Philosophy at Reformed Theological Seminary in Orlando. He's the author of numerous books, including a newer book entitled A History of Western Philosophy and Theology, which is being published by PNR in November of 2015. Philosophy for Theologians is our topic for today, and Dr. John Frame is our guest. It is an honor to have you today. Thank you, Jonathan. Good to be with you and your listeners. So let me begin with a definition about philosophy. How how would you define philosophy? What what do we mean when we talk about philosophy? Well, philosophy is an attempt to uh, articulate and defend a worldview. All of us have a worldview, which is an idea, a general idea of what the world is like and what uh, are the most important things in the world. And uh, uh, so uh, when we uh, explain that and uh, then we give the reasons why we believe that worldview rather than uh, some other, I think it's fair to call that philosophy. Now, why should pastors and Christians in general study philosophy? I mean, some would argue the Bible is enough. It gives us our worldview. Well, the Bible is enough, and the Bible does give us a worldview, and that can be called a Christian philosophy, if you will. But the question, I think, uh, is why should we interact with the history of philosophy, which, of course, includes not only Christians, but non-Christians as well. Of course, most philosophy over the uh, history of the West, anyhow, is not Christian. Now, I, I don't think that everybody has an obligation to study philosophy. Some people uh, just don't have that kind of intellectual or academic interest, but I think God gifts some people with the uh, ability and the desire to do that, and if they do, there's some benefits that they can uh, gain uh, as Christians. One is that philosophy has been very influential on our theological formulations. The doctrine of the Trinity, for example, says that God is one substance and three persons, and both those terms are philosophical terms, substance and person. And the same is true when we talk about the two natures of Christ, that two, uh, that nature is a philosophical term, and it helps us to understand how that was used outside of Christian thought in order to interpret those doctrines. A second reason why uh, Christians can benefit from studying philosophy is that in philosophy, and as I mentioned, it's uh, mostly 
done by non-Christians. And so uh, as we see non-Christians defending their worldviews, we can learn what are the, the best, the most sophisticated arguments for those non-Christian positions, and that enables us better to be able to interact with them and our witness and to find ways of opposing their errors and also, of course, learning some good things about how we should formulate our worldview. And the third thing, I think, has to do with apologetics, which follows on that. Most Christian apologetics dealing with Oh, such things as the existence of God and the authority of the Bible and so on, very much influenced by philosophy. And we can certainly learn how to uh, carry on those disciplines better if we uh, have studied uh, philosophy. That's very helpful. Those are very helpful answers. I'm wondering, though, there are some who would argue that, that non-Christian philosophies can give us that sort of help in terms of engaging with beliefs and, and worldviews of others, but for us, positively, they're not going to give much help because their starting point and their presuppositions are flawed. And in, and in fact, I guess some would make the argument that the Bible itself has this negative view of non-Christian philosophy. So apart from the apologetic aspect and the understanding of historical terms, what what would you say are some of the other positive benefits where I will grow as a Christian by reading some non-Christian philosopher? Well, you're right that the New Testament is largely negative toward pagan philosophy. Paul talks us about the opposition between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of Christ. Colossians 2 tells us not to be deceived by uh, vain philosophy and vain deceits and so on. So we, we have to uh, recognize, as I said before, that the main history of philosophy as you begin with the ancient Greeks and move into the modern period especially, that philosophy has been non-Christian in its foundations and has been often anti-Christian in its arguments. At the same time, uh, philosophy teaches us to think more carefully. Philosophers talk a lot about logic, and logic is certainly a good thing to know. Paul, uh, in the New Testament, often uh, carries out logical arguments, and he concludes them with a therefore, which means, of course, that it's not only important that we uh, endorse Paul's conclusions, but also his arguments, the way he gets there. And so by studying philosophy, we can learn about how to reason in a way that, that pleases God. And, of course, as I said before, there uh, a lot of times the tools of logic and the tools of philosophy can be used against uh, those who would uh, oppose the gospel. So uh, I would encourage Christians, again, if they have the, the gifts and the inclination and they're uh, able to do this without uh, uh, without being led astray, I think that Christians can often find it useful to study the history of philosophy. No, that's, that's uh, very 
very helpful. The habits of mind that are developed when you're studying it are, are ones that we even see the apostles themselves employ. Which philosophers, uh, and, I, and I guess I'll limit this to non-Christian philosophers, which, which unbelieving philosophers have you found most helpful in your own study of the Bible and theology? Well, uh, Plato certainly was the greatest of the ancient philosophers, and as you move toward the modern period, I think you can learn a lot from Immanuel Kant. I think uh, Kant was uh, really a, a great transitional figure in the 18th century. Soren Kierkegaard would be another. Ludwig Wittgenstein uh, would be another. Uh, I think that uh, even though their their thinking is not always on a par with the scriptures, they often suggest ideas that uh, you can say, well, you know, this may be wrong in Plato's context, but it could be helpful in uh, answering these theological questions from a Christian context. And you start to see opportunities like that, and uh, that can be very, very valuable. If I am hearing this and and I'm persuaded that I need to at least dip into philosophy or certain philosophers or the history of philosophy, uh, but but not having a great background in that, what what would you recommend? What's a good starting point for a Christian who says, yes, I, I, I understand that I do need to know more about this? Well, you could buy my book. <laughs> there we go. The, uh, <laughs> uh, what I try to do in the book is to... Uh, Present. I start off by presenting what I think would be a Christian philosophy, that is a defense of the Christian worldview, and then I describe the uh, history of philosophy as a series of what I call convulsions, human thought moving along, chugging along in a certain direction, and then all of a sudden some big movement comes along and, and brings change, and I think it's good to get that pattern in view kind of a basic set of hooks that you can hang your specific knowledge on. But that's just one attempt to try to do this. I think uh, reading Van Til, is, uh, Cornelius Van Til, is very helpful in understanding the meaning of the history of philosophy. Uh, Van Til's book, for example, The Survey of Christian Epistemology, does a, a good job with Plato, and uh, there, there are lots of other uh, books. Gordon Clark wrote a history of philosophy that's very useful. So uh, uh, just look around and uh, try to explore. Of course, you need to get into primary texts eventually, but I think you probably need to start with a secondary source. You probably need to start with a narrative by somebody who's looked over the whole history of philosophy, and uh, and then uh, as things interest you, go to read Plato and Aristotle and Augustine and Aquinas and so on. Well, that's my last question. The primary sources that you recommended, that you spoke about being particularly helpful for you, you mentioned Plato, you mentioned Kant, you mentioned Kierkegaard, uh, Perhaps I'm leaving one out, but of those that you found most helpful, which primary source would you suggest someone starting with? Would you say start with Plato and move from there? 
Well, uh, I suppose that would be all right. I mean, Plato is the root of everything in a way. Uh, Alfred North Whitehead said that the whole history of philosophy is a series of footnotes to Plato. So you, you can... And Plato's fun to read. I mean, there are a lot of philosophers that are just so dry as dust that you can't get beyond the first page or two, such as Aristotle's uh, works that were dictated by his students and so on. But some of them are, are really fun. I think Pascal is really fun to read. Wittgenstein and some of his writings is really fun. And Plato's that way, too. He writes dialogues and so he gets a lot of people together, and one character has one view, and another character has another view, and and often uh, Plato doesn't come to a conclusion. He just brings these different points of view together, and you wind up asking questions about them, and they're usually good questions. So uh, Plato would be a pretty good figure to uh, start off with if you're going with primary sources. The book is A History of Western Philosophy and Theology, authored by our guest, Professor John Frame. Professor Frame, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for listening to Theology on the Go, a podcast of placefortruth.org. Placefortruth.org is a website of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals proclaiming biblical doctrine in today's church. Just for listening, we'd like to offer you a free MP3 message. Visit placefortruth.org to download Revelation in the Church by Scott Oliphant. And listen next time to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. <laughs>